Folks, I want us to think a little bit this morning about uh, the journey that we have been on over the last couple of years. And uh, I want us to just reflect. I'm going to reflect a little bit uh, about my own personal journey in that time, but not very much about me. It's more about all of us. Um, I want to start with a, a simple question. Every teacher always starts with a question. Um, have you ever been in the desert? Anyone ever been in the desert? Brilliant. Okay. We were, um, I don't know how many years ago now, it must be 20 years ago, we went on holiday to uh, Tunisia as a family. And uh, as one of those one of those trips that we organized through the, the rep in the hotel cost us a ridiculous amount of money. But we, we were going to see the oldest mosque in Africa. And the journey to where it was, I can't remember the name, the journey involved crossing part of the Sahara. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. I was really intrigued. It was incredible. It was 53 degrees, but we were on an air-conditioned coach rather than, you know, humpy camel. Um, <laughs> But it was just incredible, the, the vast size of it, you just, as far as you can see, it just looked bleak and empty and desolate. And then every now and again you would come across little dwellings, little like stone buildings or mud buildings of some kind and you would see a few scrawny looking sheep or goats, desolate place. I want us to think about what we've just gone through ourselves in history, if you like. We've been telling our granddaughter the last week, which is living through history with the Queen's death and all that's happened. And we told Gail said to her, now you need to just sit down and just think about where you were when you heard about the Queen's, the Queen's death. And Aria being Aria, she's quite matter of fact and she doesn't miss you and hit the wall. <laughs> she sat still for a second and she said, right, I'm on the city in Nanny's house and the Queen's death was announced. That's fine. Up she got and away back to her colouring in or her practicing her dance. But I want us to do a little bit of that this morning. Very, very quickly, I'm conscious of time. Um, to just to think about how it was over the past couple of years. Now, maybe you're thinking, oh, for goodness sake, we're sick here about COVID. It's just forget about it. Just just move on. You know. But you know what? It's not always healthy to do that. Paul is about to start a new series next week, and before he does that, I want to just put everything that's passed before into the context of where we're going next. You see, it was different. Somebody, I remember, you know all those stupid phrases that were flying about, and one of them I think was, you know, we're not we're not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. Actually, there was a bit of truth in that, because what that suggested to me anyway was that the circumstances of COVID and lockdown and all of that stuff wasn't the same for everybody. This is an awkwardness. We have to remember it was a season of traumatic, life-changing difficulty. And for some people, that's still being experienced. So what I want to suggest this morning, to use it as a sort of a, a picture of that time, I want to suggest 
that we've spent some time in the wilderness and we'll be referring to the wilderness all the way through this morning. In the Bible, the wilderness speaks of many different things. It speaks of rejection, it speaks of loneliness, it speaks of painful experiences, and we're going to be thinking about some of that this morning. But it also speaks of testing. It speaks of time spent with God in the wilderness, and it speaks of preparation for ministry. You think of the Lord Jesus who spent time in the wilderness before he started his ministry, and he was tested, but also repeatedly we're aware that Jesus went away into the wilderness, into the desert, into the quiet place to renew his spiritual energy, to spend time with his father. And we're thinking about that as well. A couple of weeks ago, this is where I get pretentious now, a couple of weeks ago I read an article in the Times. <laughs> I didn't actually read an article in the Times. I've never actually held a copy of the Times in my hand, okay? so. But I read an article from the Times written by William Hague, who probably wouldn't have been one of my favorite people when he was a politician. But William Hague suggested that we are at the end of one period of time and we haven't yet moved into the next one. And I think he's right. And that's also something that we've heard said quite a bit in the past week. We've talked about you know, being at the end of the Elizabethan era. It's incredible when you hear that, because I think of Elizabeth I when I hear Elizabethan era. And we're about to move into whatever the era is called when it's chocolates. Is it the Charlian era? I'm not sure. Carillion. Thank you. Thank you. Say that again. Carillion. Right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Sergio. Um, so, I want us to I want us to just think about that this morning, and we're going to start by thinking about briefly. Not going to dwell on, but thinking about the pandemic and all that that has meant. So, back a wee bit, Hannah, you're too far ahead. Sorry, it should be a pandemic one. Well, thank you. Um, can you think back, can you cast your mind back, it's not that far, just at the beginning of March 2020, it's not that long ago, and we had no idea what was just around the corner. You think about it, everyone's experience was different, but let me very quickly tell you how it, how it, how it was for me at the time. Um, I actually had a ball, I had a great time <laughs> during, during lockdown, I really did. Everybody was feeling sorry for me and sending me lovely messages and notes happened to me was I have a heart condition which you know could be quite serious if it if it went wrong and the GPs who look after me said to Gail she works in the surgery said we think maybe it would be good if Ivan was to get out of the way because if Ivan gets it he's going to get very sick and they were watching TV and kind of elderly <laughs> and because of that condition, that would be serious. So we have a cat and Hannah's dog, Holly, and weeks there. On, on what they said, but never unpleasant for 
closed its doors, I need to get that in. Shopping. Uh, and we met up once a week at Apple Green. I drove down for two people having an affair, but <laughs> we were sitting about six feet away. My time was okay, but I'm conscious that for many people, that that period of time was a period when they experienced a great isolation, loss of relation. Where, where are you going in all of this society at times? But the reason it was really good for me. I resolved to walk and take some photographs, and that became something of itself that I think maybe did help some people. The next slide, though, is a photograph I took on the Thursday of my first week, and it was up at Benevena, and I'm sure you've been up there, and it's normally lovely. That particular day, it was dark, the sky was overcast, and I had a sense that there's a storm, there's a storm coming. And I really felt that, and I think everyone, everyone else felt, felt that as well. Anxiety, really, really strongly, because they were away from their routine, they were away from their friends. I know we all hate our teachers and our classroom assistants, but I actually think, guys, you missed them. Yeah? No. <laughs> Lydia says no. <laughs> but, you know, um, when the routine was gone, the anxiety flooded in for many people when the normal was going, you know, having to do a P5 maths, homework, why another huge change for people. And for some people that's continuing. And that's maybe been a positive in some way. But, you know, working from home, maybe not so good if you're a burglar. Um, and then there were the masks and the hand sanitizer. And can you remember how many times you walked into Tesco with your mask on? kind of rubbing your hands together like a, a pantomime villain who was about to do something evil, you know. We did experience isolation. For introverts like me, like Leslie Mills, it was okay. You know, Leslie would tell you that. We had a conversation about it. It was okay. But, you know, the biggest thing we lost out on family with our friends, and maybe even with God. What do you think about it? During my time in the caravan, I looked forward to, to Fridays, I looked forward to Paul's walks around Carrick and Chantel's updates, and I looked forward to Sunday mornings, and I really enjoyed online church. And I don't want to get all gushy, but I think there was something that was important for Gail, and a wee bit of anxiety was maybe, you know, there was a danger of switching on the TV and seeing three surges. <laughs> But, you know, again, to be serious, again, think back, this week we had an anniversary of 9-11. And can you remember how horrific that was, watching that all unfold before your eyes? But some, the new car, a lot of time for it. He was called, but are you? You know, you're going to have a look and say, she said, Paul. And maybe even more, mentioning Hugo again, but to go, as he prayed for Sam. And, but more than that, Many, many people in that dark pandemic time who didn't have the chance to, to pass away peacefully, surrounded by their family, in a, an atmosphere of worship in the way that we know people did. Because they were looking at relatives through a window, and in many, in many cases, the elderly person didn't understand 
why their family couldn't be with them. All they had was medical staff who were overwhelmed. So there was pain in the wilderness. But then I want to move on quickly and say that in the wilderness, in the time that we went through, there was provision. There was provision in the wilderness. Some of us were provided for. Some of us were the providers. But God was behind it all. The wilderness stories in the Bible show lots of different aspects of God's character, depending on how the people concerned related to him and to their circumstances. Excuse me. But one of the things I believe God did for us in that season was to provide what we needed. We're going to look at uh, a couple of readings very quickly um, from 1 Kings 17 and then 1 Kings 19. And I'm going to race through here, looking at Elijah. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine. You drink from the brook. He went to the, the Kerith ravine drank from the brook. Stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was and after the fire came a whisper. Or we probably grew up hearing it as a still small voice. The Lord said to him, sorry, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected, rejected your covenant Torn down your elders and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Elijah was feeling that isolation and that anxiety and that loneliness that many experienced in the COVID season. What did God do? All whose knees have ministered was provision. And I want to think about that very, very quickly. We're, we're, almost, we're almost through there. God provided what he needed physically mentally and spiritually. The prophets and I'm not a big fan of banana bread. You know, so and uh, we're to take the rubbish over two cyclists riding down the hill and to Castle Rock from Paris. So no good to see them. Many people in the Bible because in the wilderness so many of us if you would because death had come along to challenge he said you're sure I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from the lion, and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. A bronze helmet and all the rest of it. David said, I can't use that. So David wouldn't go out in somebody else's stuff, and he wouldn't go out using last year's tools, if you like. David went out with what was absolutely up to date, in other words, with what God had used for him in the wilderness. David's time in the wilderness with God made it possible for him to defeat Goliath. Later on, it made it possible for him to use to prepare him in absolutely full. Don't actually read what went blessing. We're almost finished us during our as individuals. We've experienced and acknowledged the pain. We've experienced God's preparation to listen to his voice and to follow him. 